And uh, I'd just like to begin um, by sharing some good news. I don't know whether anybody's noticed, but Hannah has been wearing some slightly baggier clothes recently. Uh, I don't know how much attention you pay to Hannah's wardrobe. Maybe you haven't noticed, but she is wearing slightly baggier clothes. And that means that she had, uh, last Thursday, a 12-week scan. And she's expecting our second baby next May. Thank you very much. Um, We don't yet know if it's a boy or a girl, um, but we're definitely going to find that out at the next scan because Hannah is really keen to find out. She's desperate to have a girl. (laughs) She is sick of being outnumbered in her own family. And so um, she just wants to make sure that if it is going to be a boy, she gets any disappointment out of the way before the big day. But um, obviously we're thrilled uh, that God has uh, blessed our strategy to try and grow the Sunday school. And uh, we're really excited about that. Well, um, we're thinking about good news this morning. I don't know whether, did you notice that in the reading? Twice um, in the reading, it came up, the, the phrase, good news. Firstly, there in verse 14, that's what Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming, proclaiming the good news. And then again in verse 15, the time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe the good news. Or as the old uh, version put it, repent ye and believe the gospel. The gospel. And uh, gospel is just a wonderful, lovely, old word. It just means good news. Gospel just means good news. And so for the next few moments, I'd love us to think about uh, the good news and um, to see three things that I think this passage is saying to us this morning. Firstly, that the gospel is good news. Secondly, that it actually demands a response from us. And thirdly, that it's worth sharing with others. So firstly, that the gospel is good news. Secondly, that we need to respond. Thirdly, that um, it deserves to be shared. First of all, the gospel is good news. And um, as I said a second ago, that's what the word gospel means. It means good news. The original Greek word, which is translated here, good news, um, the original word is euangelion. Now, eu, spelled eu, is always uh, good, in Greek, euphoria or eulogy or eucharist. These are all words which mean good uh, speech or a good feeling or good, a good gift. And it's euangelion, because angel, angel, an angel in the Bible is always a messenger. And so the messenger comes with a message and, a, and euangelion, it means a good message. So we've got a good message. And uh, that is the, where we get the word evangelical from. Sometimes people say, oh, you know, that's an evangelical church. Or, uh, or so-and-so is terribly evangelical. Well, really all the word evangelical means is, is people who are passionate about the good news, have heard the good news and, and are passionate about that. And so in a sense, I suppose, you know, we should all be evangelical and uh, we should aspire to be an evangelical church. But Jesus was terribly evangelical, going around proclaiming the good news. And I think sometimes it's easy to lose sight of that, really, that the gospel is good news. It's good. You know, I think sometimes people think church and Christianity is rather dreary, kind of bad news, but it's not. It's good news. It's good news as well. You know, we're talking about things that have actually happened, events. You know, this isn't just somebody said the gospel isn't good advice. It's good news. Something's happened and it's an announcement of information about things that have happened well, what is that good news? What is the gospel? Well, of course, to find out the gospel, we need to read the gospels. Um, that's, uh, you know, that's why we said a minute ago, uh, hear the gospel 
according to Mark. And there are four Gospels in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. They're all called Gospels because if you cast your eye down at verse uh, 1 of chapter 1, the way that Mark begins his book is, he says, this is the beginning of the Gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And so as you read through Mark's Gospel, you begin to see what he's talking about. He's talking about Jesus. It's the Gospel about Jesus. And as you read the Gospels, you read about his birth. And, well, that's good news, isn't it? Christmas is brilliant news. You know, God hasn't just left us on our own. He's actually come to be with us. He's been born as a man to come to this world to show us how to live. And Christmas is brilliant news. Jesus' birth, his life, it was an amazing example of human love and how we can live. His death, that's good news. Uh, He died on good Friday. Um, It was good that Jesus died. He died for us. He he shed his blood so that we might have forgiveness and life and reconciliation. He didn't stay dead. He rose again on Easter Sunday. That was great news that, that Jesus rose from the dead and conquered death so that we who put our faith and trust in him might share in eternal life, which he promises to us. Amazing news. And not only that, he's coming again. He's, you know, it's all going to be okay. Because one day he will return and he will wipe away every tear and all injustices will be put right. But what an amazing gospel we have. It's a summary that we sometimes say of the, of the Christian gospel. You could summarise it. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. That's the gospel. It's the gospel. It's the good news about Jesus. But it's not just news on its own. Actually, secondly, it demands a response. We have to respond to the gospel. Look at the key. Jesus uses three verbs, doing words, in our reading to describe what we've got to do. Verse 15, there's two of them in verse 15. He says, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Repent, believe, and in verse 17, uh, follow. Very active. Repent, believe, follow. That's what Jesus wants us to do. The gospel, the news of Jesus isn't just like, you know, the news at 10. You know, listen to the BBC news. It's kind of, what's it been this week? Conservative Party sort of sleaze and scandal and corruption, MPs resigning. We listen to that. Well, you know, it doesn't really affect us, really. You know, we just get on with our lives when we hear that news. But this news needs a response from us. We've got to repent, Jesus says. That sounds quite an extreme word. You might think, well, repent, surely that's only for extreme circumstances when there's something really bad. But actually, Jesus says wants us all to repent every day. Actually, we prayed it a minute ago in the confession. We, we actually prayed that we repent in the confession. And the word, all it means, repent, is just to turn around. You know, if I'm going over here and living my life my own way and doing what I think I ought to do, and Jesus says, come follow me, well, it, I, I, in order to follow him, I've got to turn around. Uh, and that's all the word repent means. It means turn around and come and follow him. And that's what Jesus wants us to do. That's what being a Christian is. I don't think really it's possible to be a Christian without repenting and believing and following. Some people think it, uh, uh, sort of try... I actually read one um, interview with a former US president who was incredibly candid about the fact that he claimed to be a Christian, but actually it didn't kind of affect the way he lives his life. You know, he never actually repents in his Christian faith or asks for forgiveness. 
I won't say which president, but he's orange and he wears a baseball cap. So maybe you can work it out for yourself. But, but he was amazingly candid. He said this. He said, people are so shocked when they find out I'm a Christian. I'm a Protestant. I'm a Presbyterian. I go to church, said this president. And he was asked whether he's ever asked, have you ever asked God for forgiveness for your actions? This is what he said. He said, I'm not sure I have. I just go on and try and do a better job from there. If I do something wrong, I just try and make it right. I don't bring God into the picture. Well, that's not possible, I don't think, to be a Christian because Jesus says, repent, come and follow me. You know, when we go astray, when we sin, and we all do, it's not just him, we all do. We're all trying to live our life the way we think. We're constantly going astray. We all, like sheep, have gone astray, one of the other confessions says. And Jesus says, come and follow me. We can't just go, no, it's okay, don't worry about it. I'll, I can fix it on my own. No, we've got to respond. We've got to turn around and follow him. That's what these guys did, isn't it? Verse 16, he saw Simon, that is Simon Peter and Andrew, casting a net into the lake. Come follow me, Jesus said. Verse 18, at once they left their nets and followed him. And that's really the only response. It was C.S. Lewis who famously pointed out, you, could, you know, the one reaction that you can't have to the Christian gospel is sort of a mediocre response. You either got to say, when Jesus says, come and follow me, repent, turn around, come and follow me, either we go, no, no thanks, I'll be okay. Presumably there were other fishermen by the Lake of Galilee and Jesus says, come and follow me. And they took one look at their nets, they took a look at Jesus and they said, thanks for the offer, but I'm okay. I'm not going to follow you. So either we say no, uh, or we say, hmm, I'll think about it later, which really comes to the same thing. Or we say, yes. And we drop our nets, we turn around, we repent, we believe, we follow. And that's what Jesus wants us to to do, to respond. But it's not just good news that demands a response, secondly. Thirdly, the good news deserves to be shared. It's, it's worth sharing. Verse 14, look what Jesus was doing when he came into uh, Galilee. He was proclaiming the good news, proclaiming. I think that's natural, isn't it, to share good news? When you get good news, you don't bottle it up, keep it to yourself. You tell somebody if it's really good news, you Really, you can't, you can't not. In my mum, when we shared the good news that Hannah was expecting another baby, I mean, you, she was proclaiming it. You know, half the village knew. She, you, can't, you can't bottle up good news. She's proclaiming it all over the place. And that's what Jesus did. He proclaimed the good news, and he wants his disciples to proclaim the good news as well. That's what he said to Peter and Simon in verse 17. He says, uh, verse 17, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men fishers of men. And Peter, you know, they they were fishermen. They were used to catching fish. Jesus said, well, I want you to fish for people. The reality is that every single person has been made by God and and loved by God and created in his image. God loves everybody. I mean, there's seven odd billion people on this planet. God loves all of them. He loves, that's a lot of fish. And he wants all of us to respond. And it's, to be honest, it's, (laughs) it's heartbreaking there's so many don't. Oh, it's wonderful that we're gathered here this morning. It's a, it's a great number of people. I don't know how many people are here. Alistair, I'm sure, knows. And will tell us afterwards. And we'll write it in the book how many are here. It's fantastic. I don't know, 50, 60, something like that, maybe 40. But how many? 43. 43. It's great. 
But there's 25 or 30,000 people in this town who aren't here. And God loves all of them. He loves everybody. You know, our, our colleagues, our neighbours, the people on our street, our friends, our, our family. God wants all of them. I mean, maybe they, maybe they haven't heard the good news. Maybe they don't even, maybe nobody's ever told them. You know, but not, not like some, somebody outside the train station with a sandwich board on saying, repent. I mean, that's, I don't think that was Jesus' kind of tone, probably. He's so loving, Jesus, when he calls people. But maybe nobody's actually put it to the rest of the people in our town in, in a way that's love, loving and clear and accessible and sensitive. Do, do you know that God loves you? And I'm sure many people would love to hear and respond to the gospel. But how will they know unless somebody shares it with them, unless someone proclaims it? How do we know? Presumably somebody shared it with us, the good news. Maybe it was a friend or a parent or a teacher or somebody must have done, mustn't they? Otherwise, how are we here? I wonder who it was with you. Who shared the gospel with you? They were doing what Peter and and Andrew went on to do. They were fishing. Or to give it its proper name, evangelism. From that same word. Evangelism is simply sharing the good news. God loves you. I, you know what I'd love in the new year? Um, I'd love our church to run an Alpha course. And uh, I don't know whether you've come across Alpha. I know some, some people have, there have been Alpha courses that have happened here in this church. If you don't know about Alpha, what it is, it's eight or ten weeks, something like that. And you come along each Wednesday night or something, you have a good meal, meet some nice people. And there's an interesting talk. And uh, it's about some aspect of Christianity. And people can come along and then they ask their questions. We get in, together in a little group. And... Um, and each week it's about some great question, like who is Jesus? Why did Jesus die? How can I have faith? How can I read the Bible? How can I pray? Who's the Holy Spirit? What's the church all about? All of these questions, and no questions too silly or too uh, straightforward. And uh, it would be brilliant, I think, if we ran an Alpha course. I know there are people actually here who, that's how they heard the good news. There are people sitting here, I know, who've told me that they heard the good news uh, and responded to it through Alpha. And I think it would be fantastic if we were able to reach out to our town, as Jesus encourages us, in fact, commands us to, uh, to share the good news with those around us. Because good news deserves to be shared. Well, we're going to come to the Lord's uh, table in just a moment, where, of course, we remember the good news. It's the most amazing way for us to experience and encounter again just how good God's love is for us. His body broken for us, his blood poured out for us. But before we do, maybe let's just be still for a moment to respond. Maybe one of those three things resonates with us. Maybe we've never really thought that much about the good news. Maybe we've always thought Christianity was rather dry and dreary, but it's so good. Maybe we've never really, maybe we've never really responded to the gospel in the way that Jesus asks of us. Maybe we've sort of just come along and thought, well, that's interesting. But maybe we're just sensing, even this morning, maybe Jesus is calling us to come, to, be, to believe, to repent maybe, to believe and to follow him. Now, maybe we've never really sort of shared, maybe we've always sort of had this thing, well, you know, religion's a very private thing, faith is a very private thing. And some people think that, but I mean, it, I don't think it really is. It certainly wasn't for Jesus. Jesus was very public about, about the gospel. And maybe we've got friends or family members or people who just pop into our mind and we think, well, maybe we might have a conversation with this person and ask them whether they know that God loves us. Maybe let's just be still for a moment to respond privately in prayer in our own way to God.